Empire. Lambo doesn't just represent the past anymore. They looked at the capabilities of, of uh, our, again, our, our connectivity, our LP-based resources we had in this community, and they felt like they had a better chance to scale and grow their business here than they did in Venice Beach. That's Cordero Barkley, Director of Finance at Titletown Tech, where an arm of the Packers is reaching into the future with investments in and out of the sports world. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. There are some ground rules, as Cordero Barkley will explain. Unlike many sports VCs, Titletown Tech is not heading into the ever-expanding sports gambling world, but they are interested in just about everything else. And I mean everything. Our guest this week is Cordero Barkley, who's a partner and the director of finance and investments at Titletown Tech. Yes, Titletown, as in... Lambeau Field, Green Bay Packers, the mecca of football in Wisconsin. Hey, Cordero, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm doing, I appreciate you having me, Bram. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. We have talked about Titletown Tech on this show in the past. We haven't talked to anybody who is intimately affiliated with it. Can you kind of take us through what the genesis of was to have a tech investment firm up in middle of nowhere, Wisconsin? <laughs> well, you know, um, that's a great question. Uh, you look at the brands that's aligned with, with our, uh, our venture firms. So we have obviously the Packers. We also have Microsoft, our anchor investors. And then you also have the New York Mets and Boston Bruins ownership uh, invested in the fund. But you go back maybe five or six years ago, and the Packers are really looking for a way to, you know, stimulate this area. Um, how do you keep an NFL franchise in the smallest professional sports market? Um, how do you keep that sustainable for the next 20 years, 30 years? And so, obviously, um, as the tech world continues to grow, grow uh, innovation is going to matter. And so, uh, the Packers looked at how could they use their their brand to stimulate that. And and so, uh, so we went down the path of a venture fund. And and um, not only that, they they uh, provided space, which has been tremendous. So they have a uh, mixed commercial use. You know, you bought a lot of property around Lambo, and so now we have this title town district that's. Uh, connected with retail space. Um, there's, you know, activity space, there's uh, housing. We have some really awesome condos, apartment buildings, office space. Um, but we also have our building here, um, which is really a very modern space. It's a space where our portfolio companies can come in and buy resources. And, uh, and so, uh, so when they were kind of going through that process and building this out, he did a tech partner. Uh, Brad Smith is from, uh, from Appleton. So he's the president of Microsoft. Uh, he went on what he called the most expensive tour he's ever been on, where he uh, committed $5 million to the fund uh, that day. So so it's been kind of the genesis of, you know, the thought leadership of the Packers, um, obviously the brand partnerships and commitment to rural areas um, of Microsoft as well, and uh, the, the need to, to uh, bring innovation back to the Midwest and um, very pleased and excited to be a part of that journey. So um, it's an incubator as well, right? So you, you have companies literally working in and around the facility. Yeah. So I want to, you know, look at it as you can call it an incubator, but it is a little bit more than that. It's, you know, everything is kind of one of one. 
based on the needs of the portfolio companies. We do have space um, for our for our portfolio companies. We do spend a lot of additional time. We have an entrepreneur in residence that uh, is the founder of Noodles and Company, Aaron Kennedy. Hmm. Um, all of our LPs are corporations, and so whether it's getting them introduced to potential first pilots or um, getting them in touch with a person that can give them some some data science help um, within our LP base. And uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit more, I feel like, than, than just a, a true incubator. Uh, but at the same time, yes, we have the ability to kind of wrap our portfolio companies with additional resources that, again, you just can't really find anywhere uh, else, you know, in the Midwest. Uh, and that's been been very vital to kind of we look at some of the companies that are that have um, survived and, and are thriving now through COVID, uh, that's been a tremendous piece of it. Now, not, not all of our companies are housed here, uh, nor do they need to be for us to invest in them, but the ones that are here, um, we definitely have the ability to kind of day by day, you know, um, help mitigate risk for them, help uh, connect them with, with uh, additional needs that they may have or additional connectivity in other markets. Um, and then you also get the power of our, of our partner group, uh, who's very experienced. So, uh, in their own fields. And, and uh, so it has been a unique setup to a degree um, with the resources that we can put behind our companies, but it does give us an advantage as we continue to try to build and scale uh, tech here. Um, as you all try to draw talent, um, let me make a connection to the football team there or a similar thing that would occur in a place such as Buffalo. It's a different style of living up there. You hear this all the time about free agents. Do they want to go to play in a place like that? How about for you when you're attracting tech talent, young potential entrepreneurs, any reservations about getting them to want to come to Wisconsin? <laughs> uh, another great question. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, our thesis was, was that we would be able to attract and bring talent to, to Northeast Wisconsin. And we people literally laughed us out the room when we used to, when we would say that at times. And, um, and the interesting part, we've had a company, so Kim Direct is a company that's they're doing great. They're scaling. Um, they uh, created a marketplace basically for uh, uh, to, to basically cut down the supply chain, direct uh, to business to business, direct chemical purchase sales. Um, and so they were in Venice Beach, California, a team of five, and they've picked up and moved, and they've come to Green Bay. They actually uh, huh. committed to coming two days after we had a seven inch snowstorm, uh, but they looked at the capabilities of, of, uh, our, again, our, our connectivity, our LP based, the resources we had in this community. And they felt like they had a better chance to scale and grow their business here than they did in Venice beach. Um, we have another company that's moving from Denver, Colorado. Now it's not as, as, uh, as warm and as fuzzy as, 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 uh, Venice beach, but, uh, Again, same situation where they feel like, you know, looking at the connectivity we've been able to prove out to Microsoft um, and how engaged they are and some of our LPs that align with what they're doing. Uh, they're leaving uh, Denver, Colorado to move here. And we had another company that was in Seattle um, that prior to COVID was committed to moving. We were actually bouncing around connecting them with real estate agents here. And COVID hit and they have a family that they had needed to take care of in Seattle. And so they uh, they slowed that that path down. But we, uh it was crazy because it went from, you know, we were, you know, people, you, you guys aren't going to be able to get anybody to come to Green Bay. Um, and then you get here and you realize there's a lot more here. There's a lot because, because of the community feel and how we can get connected into some of the corporations across the state because of our, uh, obviously the power of the brands and the connectivity within our team. Um, there's a, a lot of value here that you can't necessarily maybe pick up 
as quickly as you need to as an early startup in some of the other major markets. And so, uh, so we went from having people to literally because you won't get anybody to move here to having three of our first 12 investments uh, pick up and leave metropolitan areas to move here. And so, uh, so it has been interesting to see that thesis work. We don't require anybody to move here. We just lay it out that, hey, here's what we have here. You know, do you want to come and visit on a visit? You know, do you think you could build here? Do you think it's advantageous to your business to build here? And then we go down the path of figuring out what that looks like. And uh, we've had some people pick up and move. So, so it's been interesting just to kind of be able to prove that part of our thesis out. And, um, and that's a, uh, not a, you know, it's a big piece. It's a very exciting piece, but it's also, um, you know, when people are looking at cost of living, the ability to maybe bring talent and, uh, and get more out of it because you're not paying, you know, coast prices for tech talent. Um, we've been able to kind of, uh, uh, help our company scale a little bit more inexpensively. And, um, and again, you're still getting similar raises, but that capital stretches a little bit longer in the, in the Midwest. Um, tell me a little bit about the connection to the Packers, which there are, of course, other teams and brands that have started to go down this path like you all have, where you're using the power of the brand to build investment and, and connections. Um, but of course, the Packers are very different than other brands in that they don't necessarily have a singular owner. So can you kind of yeah. take us through how that relationship has worked where you're dealing with stockholders as opposed to an owner of a franchise? Yeah, that's, that's, um, it, it is different. Um, you know, I think it's the Packers are a community based organization. I mean, again, like you said, we have shareholders, people who have, you know, bought, uh, you know, we, I'm using the, the, the parenthesis sign of the, we have shareholders, right? That people committed capital to help see this organization stay here and grow here. You know, season ticket uh, holder to bases like a, it's like you got to wait a hundred years to get get tickets right now with the current list of uh, season ticket holders. So it's uh, very much a community um, organization that is committed to Wisconsin, committed to Green Bay, committed to having its uh, um, uh, sustainable championship level franchise here. But not dealing with a uh, owner does give them a little more. Uh, leeway to focus in on what's the needs of the community are and, uh, and put some of that money back into the community. Now, this endeavor is not philanthropic by any means. So we, uh, we're going to be gauged on our returns as well as our ability to keep and bring talent to Northeast Wisconsin. But it is different. Yeah. We, we, Mark Murphy is like, it's, it's weird here where people may only see the, the owner of a franchise every once in a while. Like Mark is at every community event. Um, when things are normal, you know, you see him at the grocery store and people like, you just talk, I guess, Mark, it's not the CEO of the Packers, it's Mark, this is different. <laughs> and so, uh, so being able to work with him and Ed Posse, who's the CEO of the Packers, um, he's really involved. Um, but they've been great because, you know, we can, uh, reach out when we have, you know, things that we, we see, uh, that, you know, that we maybe need some perspective on, uh, you know, we have access to, to key people, not only in the Packers organization, but across the NFL and then across other sports. So they've been great to connect us with other franchises that uh, we found out are using tech. We can vet things out, see if, uh, if it's real or not. But um, but it is it's a very genuine relationship. I think that the, the greatest thing they did was realizing that they needed a tech partner um, when they were building this out and that we also didn't want to be in an echo chamber where we were only, you know, in the Midwest circle and, and uh, connecting us with, the, with on the East Coast with the uh, Mets and Bruins, and then also, uh, um, you know, we have uh, ties to the West Coast with uh, with one of our advisors, um, who was a professor at Stanford. He's one of the most world-renowned uh, sports economists. So, 
uh, Professor George Foster. So just kind of using their connectivity to really think through how do we make this work here um, and leveraging the power of their brand to really get into any door to at least have the conversation, right? I would always say you, you want to be able to get an answer, right? So being able to get to at least the no fast, right? So if they're not interested, we can move on to the next one. That's the ability for them to kick down any door and say, hey, we have a conversation about what we're doing here. Um, it has been very key to having this, uh, you know, be able to move forward at the pace that it has been. Uh, full disclosure, I'm a shareholder. So just thought, thought I'd let you know that I am one, I'm one of the many, I, I get to say I'm an NFL owner. I, I have no say in anything, yes. but I get to say I'm an NFL owner. <laughs> it's awesome. I, you know, I go to some of my friends' house who I grew up in this community and um, like they have a friend, those shares are framed, you know, they're passed yep. on generation to generation. It's a very proud community and, um, and it's awesome. Right. So it's like, uh, it's very unique to have that, that level of connectivity community to the franchise and have it be genuine. Um, tell me a little bit about what interests Titletown Tech. You guys are not just sports tech. You're quite diverse in your interests. Um, can you kind of take us through that? Because initially you think with the connections that you have that this would be very sports tech oriented. But as I read the portfolio, it really doesn't read that way. No, no, we'll, we'll look at anything. Um, we have some guiding verticals. Um, so, you know, we'll look at uh, digital health. You know, there's some pretty major health providers here in the area. And so you know, look at any fund, right? You're either trying to bring something that's different to your area that your area is going to need, or you're trying to support um, what's in your area and make it better, right? And so we wanted to align with what Wisconsin kind of has, and then also, you know, things that will scale across anywhere in the world. And so we look at digital health. Obviously, you've seen telehealth is uh, is becoming a very key key uh, space to look at. We, we made an early bet in that space that our company, Strive MedTech, is, uh, is making significant traction now uh, due to their platform. Um, you know, uh, Craig Dickman, who's our managing director, has a logistics background. Um, and so logistics made a lot of sense. Schneider National is here. They're at LP, um, one of the largest uh, logistics companies in the, in the country. So, um, and, and so you look at that. So then we have uh, manufacturing as well. Um, is a space that we look at. Then we have an intersect of, of kind of like what we call the agriculture, water, and the environment. We call it awe. But you know, you know, again, one of the biggest fresh bodies of water in the world, right? The biggest, the Great Lake chain here. And so, uh, so you know, got to have some, we're a big farming community as well in the Midwest. And so you have to have that because as, you know, things continue to advance, you have to have technology to, to help, um, um, you know, keep those those items uh, relevant and, and sustainable in our country. And so, so then you have the sports media and entertainment vertical uh, as well. And so we invest across those. Those are kind of what drives our deal flow, but we'll look at anything. We, you know, we got typically our best deals. I wouldn't say our best deals, but some of our more interesting deals um, have been ones that have intersect, uh, have had intersect across multiple verticals, you know, a digital health in sport or, um, a sport play that has a logistic uh, twist to it. You know, there's a, there's a lot of intersect in some of them, and, and those have been the ones that have been really uh, unique and interesting. As we've, you know, they don't necessarily fit directly in the one vertical specifically, but they have an intersect with multiple verticals. Um, that's been fun. Um, are you all into the esports area? Has that something that's come across your plate? Yes, and and that's been it's been fun. We've actually, you know, we've. Uh, We've looked at what we've um, what we've done so far. We haven't taken any bets in the esports space, and um, and as we kind of look at, we we wanted to 
more refine our what we were going to invest in in sports tech. We're taking a, a harder dive into that now to help you know keep us more focused and taking deeper dives in, into those spaces. But esports is one of the spaces that we're we're going to take a deeper dive into. Um, you know, obviously the the people call it fan engagement. We would more look like to call it fan behavior. Um, sports Innovation Lab we're tied to them. They call call it sports in the, uh, sports behavior or fan behavior. I love love that way of thinking versus fan engagement. Um, and then obviously, right, in venue tech is is uh, is going to be uh, a continued as COVID continues to kind of have its have its way um, in our country. It's going to be a continued worldwide trend where people find better ways, more efficient ways to not have people pull together and make things more streamlined. So, so those are just some of the the core three that we're thinking through now. I think there'll be maybe a couple of more when you look at the analytics and AI side. I think you know that's going to continue to be a significant um, bet to make in this space, but. Uh, we won't necessarily look at sports betting um, on the side of gambling. Uh, we've looked at a couple of integrity um, companies, and that's a space that we would look in on the sports betting side. But, but yeah, esports is. Uh, I think I think you have to look at it, right. It's it's a massive market. It's a growing market. And um, at one point, we were working to put uh, uh, potentially a esports team here um, in our building, and then COVID hit, right, and so yeah. that kind of slowed things down. But um, it is a space that we're going to continue to, to look at and pursue and potentially uh, uh, be way more involved in the near future. Um, let's talk about sports media and entertainment a little bit, since you are all are um, involved in that um, to whatever degree that you are. And I want to go back to something you said earlier, which is, you know, the Green Bay Packers as a brand want to remain viable. And they're looking for ways to do that over the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And at the same time, you say it's impossible to get a ticket. Their brand might be as strong as anybody's in the NFL. Their Q rating is probably off the charts. Yeah. I I mean, you know, so the idea that something that has that old, that means what they mean to the most popular league in America. And yet at the same time you say, how do we stay viable? It's an interesting dichotomy, isn't it? I mean, that we're talking about something that would you even, you even pose the idea that there, they could have financial issues down the road it almost sounds um, off to what the reality is of what their brand is. So as you kind of look yeah. into the future for them, um, what do you see that is important for them? Well, you know, and I'm not sitting in the four walls of Lambeau. Um, and so that uh, this would be my opinion more so than their exact mission. Uh, but I think any good company or franchise is always looking out to the future, right? I think, uh, you know, if you take any, you know, any kingdom can crumble if you're not aware of what, of what the future holds, right? And so, um, any good company, if you're not looking out at the, the trends and the things that you're going to need to necessitate success um, and sustain success, is I think that's you know, any good franchise always has a uh, contingency plan and things that they need to support to continue to grow. And so, uh, you know, I have a hard time seeing 20 years that it, it's uh, being any different than. In, uh, in regards to them booming as a franchise and being kind of the standard um, in regards to, you know, your respectability across all brands. Um, but I do think, you know, when you look at this community here, it's an aging community. And so, uh, you know, this is a community is, 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 uh, is you know, very, at one point was very, it's very baby boomer. Uh, like the demographics are, are tilt that way. And now it's getting younger. Um, but at one point, I think, you know, five, six years ago, it was, you know, how do we make this place, you know, a cooler, more people want to come here? How is it more of a destination? So all of the, all the, the, the you know, the real estate and, and the, um, the development that's happened around the stadium has been to attract people from different areas to here. 
Um, and so looking at that, you know, I do think it is a weird dichotomy to think you know, that that's what they're thinking. But I, I believe if you think of the corporations that are that are here that you need to keep here to, to keep bringing young tech talent here, um, you know, what what Title Town Tech does makes a lot of sense in regards to connecting the Packers to that community to help stimu- stimulate that growth. Um, and so when you look 20 years from now, when you know, we have tech talent here and companies are staying and building here because there's enough talent and not needing to move elsewhere to find that talent, you can potentially, um, and that's, you know, it's, I think that's part of their long-term goal is to say the Packers had some say in that, um, and that change in the ecosystem and that change in, in the, uh, in the region in regards to, you know, this is now a destination for people to come to and build. And, um, and I hope you know, our goal is to have some companies that come out of our four walls that grow and employ people from this area and bring talent uh, to this area. Packers obviously is the conduit to that. All right. I'll leave you with this. Um, we spoke before we started taping. Um, I live in Washington, DC. There is still this kind of awe that happens when I drive by the Capitol or the Washington Monument or the White House. Um, and it's just kind of this special place that I live in. And I've been to Lambeau a couple times. And as a football fan, there's kind of nothing like it. And you get to walk by it every day. Um, can you kind of <laughs> describe what that is like to be part of what I think is a historical monument to sports in this country? <laughs> It is pretty cool. I um I grew up in Wisconsin, so Southeast Wisconsin, from a uh, city called Racine, which is about thirty minutes south of Milwaukee. And um and so I was a Brett Favre fan. You know, I wore number four when I played football. Um, so me personally, you know, I live literally uh, eight minute walk from Lambeau. You can see Lambeau from my living room. Our, our uh, location of our office space is literally four hundred yards uh, west of Lambeau. And so, um, so yeah, it is like you, you, you do, I think, you know, for me, probably once a week I stop, I'm like, man, like, it's cool. Like this is Lambeau field right here in the middle of a neighborhood, <laughs> right. in green Bay, Wisconsin. And, um, you know, I remember two years ago, I was at a game and I met someone that they, you know, they called it a pilgrimage. They were from Israel and were yeah. Packer fans and they had flew all the way to green Bay to attend the game. Um, and so it is very, um, uh, Every now and then you find yourself when it's like cloudy at night and there's overcast and lights are on. It's like, man, like this is a place that, you know, I drive by and take it for granted that people are making you know, the football pilgrimage to come and, and see and, uh, and to, to attend a game. And I've met people that have come from all over the country just to tailgate. Couldn't get tickets, but wanted to tailgate for a game. I'm like, that's just, it's crazy to think of that, that that's the culture, but that's, uh, that's what it is. And, you know, you drive through the neighborhoods, it's game day, and uh, you just feel the energy and the electricness. From uh, or electricity, should I say, from uh, from just the energy of the stadium and from the uh, from the brand that they built. So, now it definitely is. It has that level of feel. Um, I mean, you know, you go to a game and you watch the players. Uh, they go down on the end zone where Bar Star had to sneak for the NFL championship uh, versus the Dallas Cowboys, right? And you see like people from other teams reenacting that play. Um, like that's to me, that's the legacy. Like when when, uh, when you think of Lambeau. And, and how that tradition has been, uh, you know, replicated and and, and uh, kept in the forefront of the NFL and, and uh, the NFL floor. So it's been, um, it, it is very cool. Uh, I don't take it, I try not to take it for granted. And um, I look forward to what the next 10 years of, you know, what they're, that they are able to do and then us being tied to them and being able to be a catalyst for some of the division that they have and what we're able to help assist them with is, uh, it, it should be fun.
Cordero Barkley is a partner at Titletown Tech. Thanks so much for joining us, Cordero. Appreciate you having me, Brad. On the next Future Sport Podcast. You know, I've been competing on three different world tours over the last 10, 15 years and traveling almost eight, 10 months out of the year. And so when I kind of had to utilize this time to actually say, okay, I use this as an opportunity to step back and to, you know, hang with my family. From Green Bay to Hawaii, for one of the best athletes on the ocean, Zane Schweitzer is dealing with a pandemic differently than most. As the lower 48 head into Christmas, we'll get some sunshine from the Aloha State. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.